Hello, and welcome to Movies and Shit. Uh, so this is a special episode. If, you, if you've been paying attention, we've been doing these really in fucking ridiculous deep dives on yeah. Game of Thrones season by Preposterous. season. Preposterous. But because they were so preposterous, we we ran out of time. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, so I, I want to be clear. Like our plan was to get like caught up on every single season and release reviews for them like right before this premiere. Uh, we got as far as the end of season three. So right. crushing it. Um, um, yeah. And look, and, and to be clear, we will still release those. I I will see this thing out, and also I think that I want to have deep dives on and really explore how we feel about that and hopefully it'll give other people a better understanding of at least our arguments definitely Um, but so because of that season uh, eight premiered this last sunday after nearly two years of being off the air uh episode one uh what was it even titled max what was the title uh winterfell which which i I didn't know because hbo.com or whatever did not update it just said episode 68 when i was watching it so smart first hour and a half yeah they're shrouding this shit in secrecy you know what i mean thank Um, god they didn't spoil that winterfell is a location in the show man that would have ruined it for me all right well you know what let's get into it because i think i think that we have some feelings about it i know when i was doing my double toasted thing i got a little roasted a little bit for a couple opinions that i had and i stand by them i mean i'm roasted but i'm I'm still intact (laughs) Um, so I, I want to get into it. And, and first thing first, I'll just tell you this, man. You know, we had some issues with season seven. Absolutely. Yeah. But when, but then when that music strikes up, you know, a part of you has to, has to get on hype for a second. You're you talking about all the opening good. credits? Yes, man. Yeah. Like you, you just remember all the good and you forget all the bad for half yeah. a second. And that, also, that music is fire. I mean, well, really and is, let's start there, sir. Let's start there with the fact that credits completely revamped in a way that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Look, they would change small things, but largely the credits remain completely the same throughout its right. entire run. Um, this was a dramatic change. And I, I like just, I remember you and I were texting each other live during the episode and just being like, yo, these credits though. Like, yeah. You were like, everybody's freaking out over here right now. Well, Cause you were I, in Austin for this premiere. Right. Uh, I was doing my double toasted yeah. thing. And mostly by that, I mean, Carlos, who you don't know Carlos, but in, D, in double toasted, he is like this Puerto Rican guy who like, God bless him. He is, he is so Puerto Rican. And I can say that cause I'm Puerto Rican. Okay. Like I have the right <laughs> But he was just like, Whoa! like during the <laughs> during the credits, and we were like, Carlos, like chill, motherfucker. And listen, there are some cool things in that credits. First and foremost, I like that. Like, really, it just goes between Winterfell and King's Landing with a slight detour to uh, Last Hearth, which I thought was interesting. Which mm-hmm. we haven't seen in the show, unless I'm mistaken. But we've heard in the show. We know that once the wall falls, the the closest thing to that wall is Last Hearth. And- right. I thought it was interesting to see that. And also at the very end, right before the actual Game of Thrones, uh, the image of the, the, the Lightbringer, right? You know, so mm-hmm. there was a couple of interesting things there. Did I, what did I miss, Max? Oh, I mean, in terms of details, I, I don't really think you missed anything. Like, I, I know that they had like a lot of the tiles either, you know, catching on fire or the ice, you know, right. and coming to meet it and then rising up with like a new wall or something like that, which right. I'm sure is metaphor. Or maybe there will be like a new wall that comes up. And then the, later, that'd the be dumb. Dead, get the rest of the north. They're just like, that's, like that's there's there. another wall. We can't stop here. It's White Walker country. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole so fucking epidemic. All the White Walkers just stay up in the north. Everybody else moves south. Well, it's listen, like a it real Israel plan. Palestine kind of thing. Yeah, dude, listen, it was never about killing everyone. It was just about Liebenschwamp, as, as Hitler would say. <laughs> See, I got in my obligatory Hitler reference early God on. Damn you. God damn uh, you. And, and so anyway, I, 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 you know, the credits were interesting. Uh, and I, I was on hype. Go ahead. Yeah, no, well, no, I was just going to say, like, the credits, it was cool at first, but it really did kind of almost make me just realize how how much the show has honed its focus down to these two locations. Like the reason we got that big, big epic map is because we had things going on in, 
you know, the East and in the South and in the North and here and there. And now it's like all of these characters are all either dead or lumped together in right. basically two spots. Um, this which, is, epic, which listen, we're, we're in the end. It's game. necessary. Yeah, it's necessary. Yeah. But, but it also did kind of like, that was one of the things I liked about it um, the most. Right. It's just that we had all of these different players and these disparate parts of the world. And now we, we don't. They're all either dead or together. Right. Um, um, well, look, I mean, and that, let's just get into this. I feel like this is the, the, what sure. we can do. I will say overall, overall impressions. I would, and I said this on DT and I'll say it again. I'll give it a seven out of 10. It's a table setting episode, which are oftentimes really hard. I know everyone wants fucking action. I get it. But, you know, we have to kind of reset everything up, which I don't have a problem with. I don't even have a problem with a lot of the circular storytelling in terms of being back in Winterfell, as we'll see in the very first scene. What I do have a problem with is kind of lazy writing, like the lazy, like there's nothing new to be said. So we're just making callbacks now. And I'm like, oh, Game of Thrones making callbacks now. So that's that's my initial impressions. What are yours, sir? Um, well, I, I think I said it to you before, but I was just really struck by how you know, steadily the dialogue has declined in terms of the quality of it. Like just in, in terms of like the basic humor, like I, I was remembering like this, this scene in season two, which we talked about in our recaps where Tyrion is talking to Janos Slint and he says, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, what, what does he say about honor? He's like, I'm not denying your I'm honor. not denying your honor. I'm questioning its existence. Its existence. That's exactly right. And, in, and then in this one, he's like, Hey Varys, you have no balls, lol. Right. And it's just like, it's the same joke that he's made three, four or five times. And it's just like with the subtlety of a fucking brick to the face, uh, we're we're getting our most clever character being not remotely clever. And just like, uh, to to the credit, they call him out on that. And I think that's also interesting because I think Tyrion is a relic of a, of an old show. Like not the show is long in the tooth. I mean, a show that no longer needs him. Littlefinger had this problem last season where the, when, 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 when we're more about the big action set pieces and the end game and less about the political intrigue, people who are using their fucking mind and their, their uh, conniving ways are a little irrelevant. I think last season, Littlefinger was relegated to a role that was ultimately super dissatisfying. Yeah. I, I was going to save this for our season four recaps, but I was going to say like uh, Braun should have never seen the light of day after season four. And honestly, same with Tyrion, maybe check in with him. He's like, has his own vineyard or something like right. his purpose in the show has been, I mean, he's been absolute. You're absolutely right. And it's, I think a lot of it, a part of it is that the writers just don't know how to write him anymore right. because they don't have source material to draw back on. And, and like and in the, in the books, he's still on a boat on his way to see Daenerys. Like, They've got nothing. Right. And, yeah. and, and my thing about that is like, th- there, sure, there's been a few character moments with Danny that I sort of enjoyed, you know, bad father uh, dialogue when they first meet or whatever. But aside from that, it's like, yeah, he has been wasted. And I know they mm-hmm. try to, they put him in a political position, but like Danny doesn't give a fuck about him, doesn't have faith in him anymore after like the events of last season. It just right. seems really weird. And we haven't even got into it yet, but let me speak to one point and then we'll jump into the sequential events of the episode, which is I'm with you, man. Like, there used to be a time where, like, good writing, like, this show just it made you smile how good everything was written, man. And, mm-hmm. like, then there are things that happened this season where I'm just like, oh, you're just flipping the inverse of what they said to make a clever pun, right? right. And the one I'm thinking of more than any of them, it's the one you said, but also Euron and Cersei. I've yeah. killed men for less they were lesser men. Oh, you're just doing that fucking thing where you switch the word, man. Like <laughs> I was about to bring up Euron as another example of, like, in the books, he's this mysterious, dangerous, 
scary, intimidating, interesting character that you don't quite understand. And this is in, in the show, Jack Sparrow, bro. That's exactly in the show, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fuck the queen with my cock, ha ha ha, my cock, ha ha ha." And that's yeah. all he does. Like, like in the like, books, he, he has this ship called the Silence, and all of his crew have cut out their tongues in service of the drowned god and can't right. make a sound. Like, it's this massive fucking warship that comes in silently on like through the fog and shit. In this, he's just yeah, he's fucking discount Jack Sparrow. He's well, he's, fucking he's he's <laughs> lascivious Popeye. I don't know. He's, he's convicted rapist <laughs> Jack Sparrow. That's like what it exactly. is, man. But all right, let's let's stop bitching. There was a lot to like here. Well, there's something to like here. Let's jump into it. The beginning scene, which I actually really do enjoy. I like the opening sequence a lot, at least from a visual st- storytelling perspective. We see a, a Rab Scallion little kid running mm-hmm. through Winterfell. Which is a callback to Arya in the exactly. very first episode, right? Which, which is what they cleverly did, where we see this little kid running through. We realize that the Unsullied are marching through Winterfell or into Winterfell. And um, after a couple minutes of following this child, we, we stay with a character and, oh shit, it's Arya. And now Arya is no longer that precocious kid who's climbing trees to look at the army. She yeah. is this, I don't know, psychopath, whatever, but she's she's not a kid yeah, anymore. The show can't seem to decide what she is, but yeah. Well, I like the scene because then we get to see a couple things. One, we get to see Arya see John, which she hasn't since episode two of season one. Kind of a big deal. And again, we know they have a relationship, right? Yeah. Like she and him were always close in a way that none of the other star kids were right. close with John. Um, and then we see her see the hound and we see her see Gendry. And it was a really great, moment to see her have these um, like emotional roller coaster moments you know when she sees john she wants to see you can see her like she wants to say something but can't quite bring herself to it and by the time she's even registered that she sees the hound which yeah she's cool with i guess mm-hmm. like he's off the list but i feel like she still doesn't like 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 the hound necessarily she just changed how she felt about him gendry's there you know whatever it was a good scene there and almost immediately my issues come into play <laughs> With, yeah. with it which is just like Sansa you you're not like they made her every time they would progress her character to like oh she understands how to play to, to be a lady to to rule to play the game they would set her back because that's what the plot needed and now I'm supposed to believe that she just fucking leapfrogged like eight more steps to be like a goddamn savant no right like she's suddenly according to Arya and I feel like the show is taking this position too she's the smartest person in Westeros now like and Arya like she, you're, she's the smartest person I ever met you spent time with fucking Tywin Lannister you're telling me that Sansa is like playing this game at another level than him. Um, right. It and, betrays and it, what we've seen before, man. Yeah, and I'm not saying that Sansa is stupid, um, but it, it changes, like you said, from scene to scene what the plot needs her to be. Um, yeah, she's either you know helpless uh, girl or this amazing ruler. Right. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I, I liked the Arya John reunion. Um, I, I here's what I'll say: like overall thoughts on the episode, it was a series of awkward introductions that were fitfully interesting. Um, most of them didn't work for me, um, but I'm really glad we got them out of the way because I know they're necessary. Sure. But for, for most of the episode, I didn't really feel the weight of the seasons of storytelling and all these characters converging after a long time. Right. Um, with most which, of which, reunions, you know? Remember how much we geeked out in our season three review just at the mere mention of people who were on the other side of the map who, like, that was so exciting to see that the world was folding into itself ever so yeah. slightly. And it's weird that, like, now we have them all together and they just like, oh, fuck, what do we do? <laughs> like, right. like, they just haven't figured that out. And so, you know, you already mentioned the Tyrion Varys scene, which, look, love those two, wish they were given more to do. Yeah. Um, I really kind of love the fact that Northerners don't like brown people. I mean, that cracked me up anyway. Yeah. Like, I saw that and I'm like, 
man, they're really looking at uh, Grey Worm and Masande in a way that makes me feel very uncomfortable. But Yeah, yeah, no, and that's annoying. not even something that I had thought about. Like, oh, like these fucking foreigners with a different skin color. They probably right. never met a brown person in the North. And that's what people ever. are saying. They're like, it's not their fault. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, you're just like... <laughs> anyway, uh, one other thing I do want to say that I actually really liked about it. At one point, not only during the Dragon Ride, which was fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> get to that, but... Uh, well, there's some other scene where they do an aerial shot of Winterfell and I loved it because it kind of resembled Winterfell from the opening credits of, of the past seven seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Where you kind of, for me, it made it feel like it is a chess piece, man. It is just a, a part of the board to be taken in a weird way, which right. I thought was a very interesting visual thing. Again, the show doesn't hurt for visually interesting moments, generally no. speaking. Um, it's the writing that suffered the most. Well, here's what I'll say. Like, I I would say that going into this season, here were my hopes after seasons, you know, five through seven. And I'll include six there because, like, the writing wasn't there, but the spectacle was at the very least. Um, So, and it it pulls you through in season six. Season seven, the spectacle doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, even, even the big Spoils of War episode, like, I have a huge issue with that episode. Yeah. Huge issue with the fucking Beyond the Wall episode. Um, most of the dialogue isn't up to par. So going into this season, I was hoping at the very least for a season six level of well-directed spectacle that brings this to somewhat of a satisfying conclusion. Um, I don't uh, know about you. Still, and we still may get that. We you know might. I mean? Yeah, like, we might. Thing. I don't want to be overly critical. And again, it's just like, this is better than a lot of shows. But there was a time where I would say like, hey man, Game of Thrones at its worst is still better than 99%. That's not true. That's a much lower percentage now. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we have some really great TV shows and this one, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's cool and you're following it. You are definitely emotionally invested. By the way, nothing I hate more than these gatekeeper fucking fans. Oh, you're not a real fan, bro. Like, anytime I talk shit about Star Wars because of how I feel about Last Jedi, I'm never calling people out for their fandom, okay? Right. Like, that's not, for one, it's not for me to decide, but two, it's like, art is subjective. I can understand that point. Like, let's argue it out like people and if my merit system beats your fucking merit system that i'm i'm not right but yeah. at least acknowledge that i have a point and fandom is an abstract concept it's not measurable like what the fuck it's not like fucking money in the bank that you can count like just, right if i say i like something believe that i like it until you know i say i don't well okay so let's just jump right into some of this political shit sansa gives uh danny the most fucking ridiculous size up i've ever seen like like if that was cersei cersei would have murdered that bitch for the look alone okay and like <laughs> oh no, instead gives her a big ass look and went to phil's as you'll my great and like i like bran who's a fucking weird like comatose creepy serial killer jimmy stewart rear window motherfucker you know what i'm talking about like mm-hmm. just sitting there you combined being- a lot of things there <laughs> um but but my point is like he's even like we don't have time for this <laughs> the wall has fallen and, and i've seen i've that. seen a lot of memes about that where it's like brand's like we don't have time for this and then the rest of the episode everybody makes time for this <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's literally what happened like he's like the wall has fallen like we got it we got to do something but even the next scene look i adore lady mormon i think she's a sweet little bad bitch all right but very annoyed at her because it didn't seem like the same character from the last season to be completely honest Honestly, like, I think she was really good in the first two scenes she was in, but they kept playing the same note with her. And, like, at this point, it's just, like, annoying. Like, okay, fine. Like, we don't have time for this. I don't care. I get it. Well, it's it's also we're repeating things that are just common sense. Now, I know a lot of people on the internet want to fucking yell at me, like, oh, my God, Christian, we can't, like, get our shit together for global warming. 
How are we going to get, I don't know if global warming were an army of ice zombies, I bet you fucking money we get our shit together. Like, I'm sorry. That's like a, a fact. So don't use that fucking bullshit excuse to me. Like, right. I understand people have their issues, but like even her being like, we named you King. Like, okay, there's not a North to be King of if this fucker doesn't bring an army and dragons and shit like that. Like, it just seems like everyone is not using common sense when, when, when deciding when to be virtue signaling. Does that make sense, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, like up to a point, I get what other people are saying. Like, uh, you know, global warming, we're not getting our shit together. Or maybe it's just human nature to be petty and fight over bullshit that doesn't matter because that's easier than facing a harder truth or a more abstract truth. But the problem is me as an audience member, I know what the real threat is because I've seen it. I know that Jon Snow knows it. I don't need to watch all these other people spend an episode figuring it out. Like I, it's not entertaining to me. It's not adding any value to the show. And I feel like all of the big reveals in this episode were things we already knew. And it was just watching people find them out. Um, yeah, which I can, I can understand that being upsetting, although I'm going to hold judgment on that until we get to a couple scenes at the end. Cause there, there sure. are two straight up fucking baller scenes in this. And, and of course they're not spectacle. They're fucking people, two yeah. people talking. Uh, yeah. So um, we'll I have some mixed feelings on, on it, but like, like that, that's just in general, like there was nothing in this episode, I think that was very surprising to me. It just felt like a lot of like, you know, when you're in traffic and you start moving, from right. a dead stop and then you have to stop again mm-hmm. and you start moving and say, Oh no, I got to pop it in reverse. Then <laughs> oh. you crash and you got to like exchange insurance information. And you're like, this isn't fun. That fucking, you know, that stupid meme of the person just trying to back out of a parking space and they just do it like literally for like 12 minutes and can't figure it out. That's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's game of Thrones right now. Um, all right, let's move on very quickly in that same scene though. I really like that Tyrion, like he's like, this motherfucker doesn't know how to talk to a crowd. And he tries to like hype the northerners that they are not having that shit. <laughs> he's like, my, my sister says he's coming. It's like, why did he think that would work? Yeah, that's like, not again, gonna... like that just feels so out of character for him to be so foolish right. as to not only think that would get people hyped up, but to think that Cersei would be a trustworthy ally. Or that she's coming at all. And a lot of people are pointing to the fact that there is a scene in season seven that happens off screen. The rest of a conversation happens and maybe we'll get some insight to that. But again, I don't like that as a storytelling mechanism. I don't like that. Tell your fucking story when you need to tell it. Don't rely on flashbacks, man. And if you're going to do that, I have rules about flashbacks. You know that, right? Like Mm -hmm. don't kill the suspense of whatever the present story is. You can do flashbacks if you're going to build a character moment, but like do not fucking do it. We're like, is this person going to get out alive? Like I know this person's going to get out alive. So I just don't like that shit. I don't want to dwell on it too long. I just don't like it. The next scene is Sansa and Tyrion reunion. And we've had a lot of reunions in this show that have made you feel something. Fuck HBO. Honestly, when Jamie first got back after his early couple seasons and he saw Cersei for the first time, I was like, oh, fuck, wait, no, he's fucking his sister. Like, I had to to remind myself. Right, baby, you knew what that character had gone through to get there. And you were like, oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. And this was not one of them. And it sucks because, again, like, you know... Maybe maybe it would have been different if he if if Tyrion just showed up like on a holiday when he's whoring on his way up to the wall if the wall wasn't gonna be you know what I'm saying if the circumstances <laughs> of his first arrival to Winterfell right yeah um were that were the same as this one maybe she would have given him a much better uh, you know like reception but instead it's just very awkward and very flat in a way that I was not really prepared for also Sansa like I guess you had some shit time but he also was framed for the murder of your husband or of, of, of his nephew right dipped out of <laughs> like like right. making him look even more suspicious by the way it's just like that scene really rubbed me the wrong way and again it's like I guess 
and she like takes the time to tell him that he's stupid basically i used yeah. to think you were the cleverest man and what like that's all she has to say to him pretty much right which is terrible like i just don't it's, understand that scene and, I, and it deserved more gravitas than it got or or certainly less insult than there yeah. was well especially for the man that was almost single-handedly responsible for keeping her from getting beaten in multiple in the court times. multiple times yes I just the really man who bugs. never touched her, even though he could have, even though everybody was telling him, like, "Hey, you got to impregnate also, this fourteen-year-old." Say this, but in not, this not world, to pat him on the back for that. But no, shit. no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, in this fucked up world, once they're married, she's, she's property. Like, yeah. he rape her all and he, he wants. Never he treated never, her that way. Exactly, dude. It's just fucked up. Anyway, so that bothered me a little bit. The next scene is the Arya John scene, which is sort of sweet, but even the writing in that scene, like, there's this one scene where, like, oh, you still have it. Have you had to use it once or twice? Like you could have thrown yeah. a fucking like rim shot in there and it would have worked the same way. And it's just like, and I, look, I, if I'm being a picky little bitch, Max, I really want you to tell me that I'm being a picky little bitch. It's just that this isn't hitting on the same levels that it once did. I, I was, I kept waiting in these reunions and it's like, I think it's going to be a theme in this review um, is just like to feel anything from these reunions like from Arya and the Hound or Arya and Gendry or Arya and John or John and Bran or whatever and it's like I know that the Bran um, scenes are always going to be like played for almost awkward comedy I'm not really sure what they're going for they're all the same it's always like I'm so happy to see you and him being like I'm a weirdo now and they're like ugh um, <laughs> have you seen that meme going around the office meme no it's that one episode where they're all out to they're all out at like the arcade or whatever the fuck they are. Oh, and, where uh, Angela comes up and she's like and fuck, he's like fuck. <laughs> and it's just like everybody and it's like Bran. That's Bran. <laughs> uh, which again, like it's it's which, not a good sign that the memes are fucking danker than the show is, bro. Like that's I love I love by the way the Bran with all of his fucking ability to see everything that's happening at once in the future, the past, and the present. Um, sat outside in the cold during winter waiting for Jamie for like two straight days. Right. Is he wearing a diaper? Like what's going on? Who's taking care of that boy? He doesn't need that stuff anymore. <laughs> He's not a human anymore, bro. He doesn't need functions. And I don't know that again, that actor, I guess he's doing the best he can, you know, but we saw Max von Sydow do it. He brought some fucking gravitas to the Yeah. It, it was just weird. Like watching Bran in the earlier seasons on our rewatch where like Isaac Hempstead, right. Is actually acting. Yeah. And now he's just like, mm -hmm. yeah. I bet you he doesn't learn it. He literally just reads them on day of. They're like, He's pulling a Johnny piece. Depp. He has yeah. like an earpiece or something. Um, but the Arya John scene, it, it is what it is. The parts of it are okay. But you're right. Like largely, I just want to feel anything. And there, there actually is one reunion scene that I kind of liked for them, for their set of characters. It makes sense. Um, and we'll get to that. We're actually not too far away from it. But uh, after the Arya... Well, oh, oh, good. Yeah. Go After the Arya John scene, uh, very quickly, the Golden Company, we get a little like, remember at the very end of last season, like, you fool, I'm not sending any fucking troops up north. I just sent Euron to go east to Essos to get some of the Golden Company, and it's going to bring some bad army, and then, well, they're not so, what they're cracked up to be, apparently. Well, I, I have issues with this, and I might be misremembering it, so people okay. listening, let me know, um, because I really need to rewatch some scenes closely in seasons like four through seven, but... I believe they said the Golden Company was like 10,000 soldiers that you could buy and they've never broken a contract. And this, they're 20,000. 20,000. Okay, fine, whatever. But isn't this also the army that Stannis purchased a few seasons ago? And didn't Whoa. he purchase all of them? I and didn't they all break their right. contract and either die or be deserters? So I guess my question is, how did the Golden Company train up 
20,000 new soldiers like ready to go in like a year or less. See, when you say things like this, there's just no defending that. <laughs> and that I, could be wrong. Yeah. I, it's a I, different golden company. I'm almost, I'm almost positive that you're right. Uh, with the Stannis of it all, if not yeah. for the number of troops, whatever, that's, that's an easily, whatever they needed to bump up the number. That's fine. Yeah, sure. Fine. Um, yeah. but, but the Stannis thing, you're right, which is like, oh shit. But in any case, it's like, it's not like they get all 10 or 20,000. I think he says that we got 2000 and like yeah. no elephants, which I'm guessing. And again, I don't know, but in the books, I'm assuming that was like a much bigger deal that they were like bad. Cause I think like Hannibal from history, like riding yeah. fucking Alps on elephants, like war that's what they had. Yeah. Man. So I'm sure that was a whole thing. And I think that was probably a little like, you know, hey, book readers, elephants, whatever. Yeah. Um, it was also the show acknowledging they did not have elephant money in the budget. Or <laughs> direwolf money, by the way. Where the fuck is Ghost for the past two seasons? Right. Oh, shit. Where is Ghost for the last two seasons? I was okay with them not showing up certain times. Like, I don't always mm. need a ghost appearance, but... I mean, just to remind us that he exists. <laughs> Didn't die, did he die off camera? Nobody mourned his death. How expensive saying? is Direwolf like CGI? I assume like. Also, <laughs> not to get lost in the weeds here, but another plot point that really bothered me is last season, Daenerys and Spoils of War burns the entire food supply instead of stealing it. And then what happens in this very first episode? Sansa's like, "How are we going to feed all these people?" And Daenerys is like. Shrug emoji. You don't know. That's not her job. All right. Like, Why would she burn the fucking food wrong. supply? It makes no sense. Steal the gold. Burn. You know, or no, burn the gold. Steal right. the food. Yeah. Well, don't burn any leader. of it. Just burn the people. I think we're making the point that Danny's not a very good leader. Man, is kind of the fucking point. Anyway, let's keep going. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I know. I just like. There's so many things to be shitty about. Like whatever. In the same scene, we get Euron being like, hey, I know I was supposed to deliver you a bunch of people, but I brought you a fraction of that, and let's fuck still. And, like, it's... This just seems out of character, again, because the whole Cersei, like, I've had uh, kill, been killed for less. They were lesser men. All right, whatever. That's terrible writing, but whatever. Um, yeah. It's just, like, then she like reluctantly gives in and fucks the dude like it not for yeah. some strategic purpose that like yeah. was immediately revealed right afterwards like any other cersei decision right like well i mean i'm questioning that because she did say and it's a possible lie but a possible not lie that she's pregnant last season right and then he's like i'm gonna put a prince in your after she's like hey leave me alone fucker and he's like i'm gonna put a prince in your belly I'm with my cock. Like, um, she's, she's great. She visibly cringes at that scene. Yeah. Um, well, like, she like shit. tears up and like looks down or whatever. And it's like Lena Headey making it again, yeah. making a meal out of a character that would have been much less for anyone else. Sure. What a great actress. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know if it's going to play like, Oh, Jamie's kid. She's going to pass it off as Euron's for some reason mm -hmm. or well, it something would, it's weird because that would be a role reversal and at the end of season six she's just like i don't care who knows who, who like who knows that we fuck each other right, right. like so it's it just feels like they'd be walking that back and also just her hiring Bronn of all people to kill Tyrion and jamie either one yeah and or is what it seemed like to me and like that was fucking weird and again that scene's kind of funny but it also shows the word the sex position in full fucking swing in a way that felt like that felt more gratuitous than it did like in early seasons for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. That was a fucking weird thing. And then even if Kyburn gives us that really, like that was a funny scene. We're like, oh, poor girl. Pox will take her in a year. And like mm -hmm. Ron spits up. And yeah, that's like, that's like, it's like animal house fucking humor or something, whatever. Like, sure. 
I'm just, I can deal with it because I like brawn. In in King's Landing, which is like a fucking den of thieves and crooks and assassins, how is it that brawn is the only person that everyone turns to when like, you got to train Jamie in sword fight, you got to get an assassin, you got to... He's got the best Google reviews in Westeros, man. Like, he's, wanted, he's at the top of every Angie's list. Yes, man. I'm telling you. Like, that's the only real ex- – I will say this. The one thing is, like, one, his reputation does precede him. People know him. He has, like, kind of just kept uh, ascending in the fucking ranks or whatever in, in notoriety. But also, and I'll say this, that when we see it in season four, which we're going to review eventually, I promise, like, as soon as we can um, – he doesn't come to fight for Tyrion, not because he's a piece of shit. I honestly, because he's just true to who he's been throughout the entire show, which is like, I'm a sell sword. I sell my sword. All right. Like, right. And so it's fucked up as it is. And I know that he has an attachment to Tyrion. It's just like, this is kind of another job. And that's kind of, I'll, I'll buy it on those premises. I will not buy it if we get to it later and, and that emotion doesn't finally come up and be an, an imposition to him. Sure, no, back. like, it's it's not that I don't buy that he would accept the job. I just don't accept that, like, I, and I understand the show doesn't want to add more characters, but in the spirit of George R. R. Martin, you know, when he should be honing down, he adds 20 more things. Just right. add a character or have another assassin character or anybody in the Golden Company even. Why can't the Golden Company do this? Uh, who are now there. They introduced that dude. Is he a part of the book specifically? I don't remember his name, but the guy that they brought oh, up. Oh, Captain Strickland. I don't yeah. remember him being a part of the books, but Golden Company has a weird history. They were started by like some Targaryen exiles and everything. So oh. there's a theory that they might switch over to Daenerys' side because she's a Targaryen. Who knows? We should do like a hardcore history, but for just Game of Thrones. Just like start telling fuck like who's the Westerosi George Washington? Like I want to know. I guess there's no democracy. We would have to like start a like a fifth podcast. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure. Um, but it might it, like honestly, it sort of interests me because it's the world is so fucking fascinating what he built. Very quickly, and I don't want to derail this because we're getting to the scene that I do want to talk about. But um, mm. I saw this video of Stephen King speaking with George R. R. Martin about writing, and it was yeah, fascinating. It was a fascinating thing, and and it's just like I get martin so much because that's me like i agonize over every fucking line to the point where i don't make progress as opposed to like the 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 times i've been most successful is just by write it even if i don't like this part i'll get back to it i'll fix it later just write so you can get to the fucking end you know what i mean like i've i've and i've done both and it's just amazing to be like well that that's the writing process is so fucking like yeah phenomenal to me man but it it is and like he he is a next level world builder and going forward i just want to be clear in these reviews for however much i might shit on him or you and i think you're in the same boat as me like i i can't even imagine the monumental task and pressure that was on you know david and dan uh, writing this show without any safety net whatsoever like they're having to do uh monumental shit you know how bad and contentious the star wars fan base is and they're just like i can't wait to jump over that like you know that they have been wanting to get done with this shit so they can move (laughs) on to the next project and star wars is their next project and it's like jesus christ man like yeah like lions look like lambs to you man like that's how bad this situation is for you seriously like so for for however much i might complain like i go into this fully understanding that i probably wouldn't ever be able to do this like oh i i don't think we would do any better (laughs) yeah i'm being perfectly clear about that it's much easier to correct things once you've seen how exactly do it but yeah and that's something kit harrington said he said like look like fuck the critics um they don't know how much fucking blood sweat and tears we all put into this production how much we agonized over doing this story justice and it's like up to a point i understand that 
Well, especially that none guy. Of Imagine being Kit Harrington and everyone else is like in Spain or like Morocco and this motherfucker's yeah. in Iceland for four <laughs> straight years. It's <Just> like, fuck. <laughs> like, so I get uh, it, man. Anyway, so let's, let's move on. Um, yes. the, one, the next scene that I actually do really like is Theon rescuing Yara. And I'll tell you why I like it. We don't get some fucking pontificating. We don't get a bunch of words. Theon comes in and he, and he saves Yara and Yara rightfully decks him because fuck you. And then mm-hmm. helps them up because we don't got time for this shit. Okay? I actually really liked that reunion. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. It I was really like did. a good reunion. And again, they got it. They're like, we don't have time for this shit. And I even like Yara's plan. Like, hey, they are going to like if 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 Danny loses Winterfell, she'll need a place where the dead can't go. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't make sense to me, by the way, because I feel like if it's that cold and this guy can make things cold, he can just make like a little, little ice bridge to the Iron Islands. But whatever. I understand what she's saying. And, He's also got an ice dragon. He can fly there, you know? <laughs> right. Well, they don't know that. So it's not. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, uh, so that's fine. And then, and then, you know, Theon's really on his redemptive thing. He doesn't want to go to the Iron Islands. You want, you want to go and fight for the Starks? Go ahead. You know, what is dead may never die, which, you know, hey, that's cute. Um, but ultimately that is the one reunion where I'm just like, look, it didn't make me feel all the feels of emotions, but it was true to those fucking characters. And it was like, it was so quick. It was like one and done, get it done with, we're, we got it out of the way. Now we can get the story started, but like, yeah. That's all okay. let's just keep it going <laughs> and then and then that's juxtaposed the one good like reunion is then juxtaposed with another fucking scene where like just bickering for the sake of bickering your sister doesn't like me john and danny taking a walk around your sister doesn't like me she doesn't have to be my friend but i'm her queen dot 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 like you know just why don't you fucking take a harder uh, little bit out of the the foreshadow punch bowl you know what i'm saying like mm. i just don't like that and again like what do you whatever i'm sorry like this is gonna devolve and if you just be like what are you doing like like she's morally bankrupt she's so obsessed with a fucking title like she's still playing the game of titles and still yeah. just trying to live and i just don't mm-hmm. understand why anything is going on and then after that we get the weirdest fucking aladdin i can show you the world yeah. dragon ride like that was really rough and like just kind of like some dodgy cgi which i won't begrudge the show because it's a television show but just like the shots of john almost whoa falling off the dragon it felt like a theme park ride cut scene or something um but yeah that just went on for way too long i know we need to establish that john is a targaryen that can also be a dragon rider right. um I didn't need five which, straight but, minutes. But you know what gets me mad about that, though? Like, in the heat of a battle, which I have this theory Danny's going to die, and this is the only reason I'm going this far down the rabbit hole, but I feel like, imagine that being revealed in a climactic moment and, like, oh, my God, all hope is lost, and John right. fucking, yo, much more and, powerful. And, like, jumps dude. on a dragon. It's like, yeah. I hope that I don't fucking get eaten by a dragon. And the dragon's right. like, hey, hop on, bro. And he's like, oh, Let's shit. get out of here. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be so What if he could legit. talk the whole time? That would be <laughs> I just didn't have much to say. <laughs> but now that she's dead, <laughs> let's do it. Um, but yeah, so like that kind of bothers me. And again, you're right. The, the CGI is the CGI. I'm not going to get too shitty about yeah, that. Yeah. But, just, I didn't but, like- but they, they really are like hardcore pressing the whole doomed romance aspect of it. Like right. just the whole like, hey, we could like hide out in that cave, you know, for a thousand years. No one would ever find us. And just like, okay, one of you is going to die or both of you. <laughs> or you're going to try to kill each other. Some shit's going to happen. We get Which, it. Which like, that's the thing. Honestly, now it's not something I would have imagined beforehand because even though she, you know, switches between being a homicidal fucking you know maniac uh in a normal person i always thought she was mostly on the right side of things and this is the first time where i'm like 
she legit may turn on everyone for the power, like, which creeps yeah. me the fuck out. I'd never thought that about her. And maybe that's like who she always was, or maybe that's the show now changing the character. I'm not sure. And I know that they consulted with Martin. I'm sure that this will be, I'd say, 70% of what Martin was going to do. I really do feel like that. But it's still like, I bet you it's all in the fucking execution, man, if he ever finishes these books, which, listen, I get it. You don't owe anyone anything. Go f- yeah. Everyone can go fuck yourselves, okay? <laughs> like if, he, guy- if he never finished, like, I'd just be grateful for what he did. Exactly. Yeah. Seriously. Good um, job. So, uh, you know, the, the, then there's some weird comedy scenes. The dragon's looking like like me when I'm trying to smash. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just it's a weird fucking situation. I'm not going to get too into that. Let's go to, to some more reunions that don't make me feel anything, and they should. Um, I told you season four is my favorite season, despite it being an imperfect season. Like, I know in my head it's not as good as, as seasons one through three. But I love the pairing of Arya and the Hound so much and what it mm-hmm. did for both of those characters that I let it go, man. And I'm like, that's, you know what? Fuck it, man. That gives me everything. This was the reunion I wanted so much and just nothing. I felt nothing for this reunion at all. Oh, you're a gold bitch, aren't you? I'm yeah. proud. Like, uh, fuck off, man. Like, it's, and it's fine. It's perfectly serviceable. It's just, again, we've come to expect this show to make us feel everything when the moments are so small. And to yeah. feel nothing when the moments are so big is really fucking depressing for me, man. Well, it's just impossible to feel anything when you don't know where Arya's character is at from scene to scene. Like from in one minute, she's, you know, just a little kid again, seeing her big brother, John. And the next minute, she's a homicidal maniac that feels nothing. And the next minute, like, it's just like this constant switching back and forth where the show doesn't really know what it wants her to be. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I, I don't really know who Arya is anymore. Like no, I don't. Basically, and, since and season five, that as much as I liked the the execution of the opening scene, it would have meant more if we firmly knew who Arya was. Like right. we just don't, you know. That's like the largest problem for me. But and then immediately we get the Gendry reunion, which I guess is a little bit better, but not much right. better. Like it's so at this point we've had what four, five separate reunions, and the only one that worked was the the one that took thirty seconds and had like no words. <laughs> like, right for characters that had seen each other just last season. Yeah. Um, oh God, you're right. Yeah, I, I forgot that. Like this is fresh on their minds. Like you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. Yara went through some shit for six years. Like because that's the, the Sansa reunion of it all. Is like that wasn't enough for me. You know, like uh, whatever. We're getting into all of this, but. Um, all right. So from there we get another John Sansa scene because now he's been hearing shit from Danny. Like now he's going to go talk to Sansa because he's like, Hey, come on. And uh, this scene amounts to nothing other than the one question of, did you bend the knee because you want to save Winterfell or because you love her, which it's like, John, the answer is very easy here. Like you may have some feelings for her now. That's fine. You set out to save Winterfell. You did everything you did. You went beyond the wall. You fucking fell into a nice uh, bath of zombies pulling you down and shit. Okay. You did all of this because you wanted to save Winterfell. Why would that change now? Like that's one of those lines that like has this like, like it has the air of a dramatic scene with gravitas, but it kind of means nothing. It just lingers long enough for you to think it's important. (laughs) And then you think about it for 10 seconds and you're like, well, that's not important. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know either, man. Like, on the one hand, I get where Sansa's coming from, I guess. I just don't care. Like, I just don't care about any of this. Right. I don't know. That's my main problem. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't give you. a shit. 
All right, well, let's just keep trucking along. And I'm we can sorry. Get to some, no, we can get to something that I do love. I, yeah. There are a couple scenes that I love. The next one is one of the ones that I love. Fucking Danny strolls up in. She sees uh, our boy, Samuel Tarley. All right, killing it, being a mm. badass. And, uh, dude, and, and give me some credit here, because in the earlier recaps that we've been doing, how many times I'm like, can I just be honest? Like these motherfuckers are what's keeping me like so grounded and invested in this is Sam and Killy and all those smaller characters. And he's always been a really good actor, but like, I never thought he could bring it. Like he brought it in this one scene. I want to talk about subtlety. He he stole the entire episode from me. And I think I texted that to you. Like when we were watching it live, like, Oh, this was like a fucking, that was a scene. Holy shit. Which I had to explain to people. People didn't seem to get that who watched it with me. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I thought it was like a really subtle thing he did where like he reacts to his father dying with like some mixed emotions. When he finds out his brother died, it's like devastates him. Well, and, and, and but so he's like, still like trying to be, you know, deferential or whatever to the queen. Formal, or, like, yeah. Formal, yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, he just can't contain it, and he just stumbles out and almost gets hit by the cart and sees Bran. It's just like this guy, like fucking selling the shit out of that dialogue. No, he's, job. he's wonderful, and that whole scene honestly is constructed pretty well. I mean, I like I. You know, whatever. Friend zone, Jorah, that whole thing was a little too coincidental last season. You know, the grayscale, yeah. whatever. But I like the idea of like, oh, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for bringing me this person who's so important to me, blah, 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 blah. And just like, and, and, it, and it, I'll give the show this credit, and maybe it's, I should have known it immediately, but I honestly forgot for half a second that Danny had burned his fucking family. So when I first saw that scene, I'm like, they know John. Fuck yeah, that's a cool connection. And they got Jorah in common. That's pretty metal. They're gonna be best for oh wait oh shit like that's, that's immediately <laughs> where I went to with it because I was like oh this is gonna get real bad and in that scene this is what I was talking about earlier with 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 Danny it's like I just feel like she seems morally bankrupt like she feels bad that she's delivering bad news she doesn't feel bad that she burned these people alive at all and in fact if he were to bitch and complain about it like sam would be the next fucker to be burned like i really feel that way well it seems like the first time she's considering that she's burning people (laughs) at all (laughs) yeah she she, it's like this awkward thing she's like ah this is weird i'm really glad this guy's leaving because like yeah gross emotions um yeah no that scene's pretty wonderful and and he sells all of it and again it's just like you know uh i i gave him the option to bend the knee he didn't do it and sam gets it like oh his father was a man of war and like listen he's kind of an asshole so i mean it sucks i get it but at least i can go home (laughs) well i I think it's an interesting point that you bring up and i'm sorry i'm like getting us bogged down in every little detail here but like um just the idea that you you brought up this idea that you know sam and gilly and people that aren't lords and ladies or whatever are are kind of what's keeping the show together for you right now yeah and it's because and i feel the same way and i feel like the reason i feel that way is because the show is repeatedly repeatedly telling us that like titles don't matter the iron throne doesn't matter but then we're still getting bogged down in all these scenes of daenerys oh, i'm gonna be a queen one day and Jon snow no you're the true rightful heir to the iron throne and it's like at this point, like the show keeps telling me it doesn't matter. So why should I care when it tells me it does? It's like, right. it doesn't seem to know if it matters or not. And I guess that remains to be seen. Well, but like which, when I spend which, time with Sam, like, it's like, Oh, like that goes away. It's about this character. Right. Which does slightly undercut the crypt scene, which we will get to for one second, because as you said, the next scene is Sam stumbling out, literally woozy from the news that he's been told runs into brand brands. Like it's time to tell him the truth, which yeah. to be honest, 
I was thrilled that they got it out of the way in this episode because I thought this was going to be a thing that we just like kind of kept to ourselves until the end. Like that could have been the other way they do the dragon riding scene. But you are a Targaryen, and he's like, "What?" And just jumps on. Yeah, like, get out of here because he talks again. Remember, and then they right. fly away. Like that would have been one thing. It's like the taxi cab from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and it's just like okay, like all right, I, that's fine, whatever. And I'm glad they got it out of the way. Um, I also I'm glad sort of as as stilted as uh you know Bran is now. He doesn't. He does make the point, like, yo, you're you're closer to John than I have ever been close to John. Like, it will mean more coming from you. I liked the crypt scene a lot because one, I I liked that again. They remind us that Ned Stark is such a big presence on the show, though he's been gone for the majority of it, for eighty percent of it at this point. Um, so I liked that, and I also just like John's reaction to the news. John doesn't want to be king of the North, <laughs> let alone yeah, much uh, less the Seven, seven Kingdoms. Yeah, mm-hmm. and instead of like. Instead of believing the news, which I think in his heart he has to know he was never just a random bastard, right? He's so important to the to the role that's happened and, and the larger role to come, right? So it's like he knows, I think deep down, that he's very important to it. But instead of confronting that, he has to he has to try to be like, well, that's not true because Ned Stark's an honorable dude and he wouldn't mm-hmm. lie to me. And it's like, well, we know that Ned Stark isn't always so honorable. He certainly has tried to live his life to the best of the code, but even him, a great saint in my mind, yeah, adding around eighty-five percent on the yeah, honor scale, like the whole Arthur Dane thing, and yeah. like just stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's my point. Like, even that's a story that had been told to the kids a billion times when they were when they were children, right? Like mm-hmm. explaining how honorable Ned Stark was, and it's like, well, he's not. So that it's him trying to throw an excuse in front of the truth, which I kind of yeah. I did like, and and more than that, again, like he does. Like, Kid Harrington, I'm sorry, this motherfucker has become an actor in between this this, since the beginning of this show like i actually buy what he's doing when he's subtly trying to do shit but he's so outshined by sam again in this scene there's just that one part where he delivers the line he's like your father ned stock (laughs) like just that little aside to like make you emphasize it again he's like he 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 protected you he knew king robert would kill you and again it gives it some weight like it's weird that the weight is given by sam telling him some news as opposed right and this is also we should remember john realizing that he's been fucking his aunt yeah um so that that's probably weighing on him i don't even know if that was the first three things that went through his head i'm sure it did eventually he's like wait oh fuck like but I really feel like it took a minute. I think he was more shook by it. I am curious, like, how the show is going to handle that. Because, like, is it just going to be like, all right, the hero of your show knows about the incest part and he's fine with it? Or is that going to be a point of contention for him? Or is it more going to be that Daenerys, you know, is, like, burning people a lot? Well, kind of a tyrant. and here we go. Well, that that's the other interesting question. If the only interesting question that the premiere poses to me, mm-hmm. which is, like, He's like, I've killed men who have disobeyed me. He's like, you've also spared men. Like, and here's the thing. You gave up your crown to save your people. Would she do the right. same? And I'm like, yeah, that's a great fucking question because I don't know anymore. Uh, and that's what I've been telling you the whole time is I don't know who Danny is as a character. And I don't know if that's by design. I don't know if that's by the writers fucking up and somehow making her more ambiguous. But either right. way, I, at this point, I'm firmly not on team Danny. I think she's better than the alternative, I guess. But Cersei doesn't Cersei. have dragons, though. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, She's just point, got Dr. Frankenstein and his monster. He's you know? one zombie, man. Like, <laughs> you can deal with a zombie, but dragons? Like, so right. I don't know. That, that, that kind of fucked with me a little bit. And I think that that is the one interesting uh, kind of question that, that, that the premiere poses. From there, yeah. we jump to, um, to Last, Last Earth, Earth. Yeah. which, look, 
again, the wall comes down. They don't explicitly say that Jorah or Barrick or any of those fuckers, die. not Jorah, I'm sorry, Tormund, um, or Barrick or any of those fuckers are dead. But, you know, it's a little too convenient. And then we don't see them at all except for Because right. the last, last we saw them, like, the wall was coming down right where they were. Right. But, okay, they survived, fine. So, but, but then somehow the dead got to Last Earth before they got to Last Earth, even though they were already on this side of the wall and had no other place to go because the wall had fallen and they were fleeing, right? It's a little weird of a situation. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And Maybe also they hit out. <laughs> well, it also know. fucks with time a little bit because that Umber kid was in Winterfell in the beginning of the fucking episode, and then he's hanging out at Last Earth. Anyway, let's not get lost in the sauce. It just has some fucking problems, whatever. Um, I kind of dig the execution of that scene. It's very, it's a quiet moment. It's them seeing the wreckage of something. It's, and it's also really kind of great. I did love the scene because they're all fucking badasses in their own right, but they hear even the slightest sound and they all like, like, you know, yeah. split the hallway, like, grab a wall. Every man you know? for himself. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great if Barrett Dondarrion like lights the sword, just fucking slashes someone else. Like, I don't have to be the Punches fastest. Punches torment in the face, starts running away. <laughs> Yeah, it just like cuts just his Achilles cowardice. leaves him to fucking die to the White Walkers, but right. it doesn't happen. Instead, what we get is an unintentionally hilarious scene. At least that's the way I took it. Because you got like the spiral, they got the Kid Umber. Forget his name, I apologize, but that's Kid Umber's name. a cool, Kid, that's a cool Westeros rap name, by the way. <laughs> like I'd buy that mixtape. Uh, but he's on the wall. He's in the the shape of the spiral, of a symbol we've seen since the beginning of the of the show. We've been reminded Spirals. of it a couple times, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's still just like okay, that was kind of spooky. And then they get the like, yeah. which like, look, I you know, I adore John Carpenter's The Thing, and but that's all I could think of. But it made me laugh so hard. I don't know why. I was thinking uh, of that and like James Cameron's Aliens, just like with the people kind of glued to the wall or whatever, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, just shit yeah. like that. But no, I, I actually liked it more than the rest of the episode. It was atmospheric and tense and creepy. And it's like, at this point, I'm not expecting like crazy, amazing emotional character dynamics. I just want some spectacle. You know, I just want some CGI weird shit going down, people dying. And I got a little bit of that. It's amazing that when you say that this episode was too slow, people call you a fucking idiot for wanting action, which is not what I've ever said. I've, uh, how many times have I said on record, this show is the best when it's literally two people talking to each other? I mean, this is right. not new information for me. But then in the same point, what you said, I think is how a lot of people feel. I don't want character moments, which is not what you're saying, saying for sure. I understand what you're saying. But the other end of that criticism I was just talking about is people saying, like, I don't need character moments. You've had seven seasons of that. Why do you need that? We just need spectacle. And it's just like, no. The spectacle means nothing if you're not grounding it with people I give a shit about, okay? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, and to clarify what I'm saying, um, and I know you understand what I'm saying, but just to clarify, um, I'm saying, like, if you can't do it right, then don't do it at all in terms of the character moments. And, like, I think we got an entire episode that pretty plainly showed us that they're not doing it right Mm -hmm. you know so i'd rather them just do what they are good at um which is like kind of that season six level of just like you know fucking closing chapters and killing characters and giving us spectacle right you know like that's the water cooler aspect of the show that the show has never stopped being good at it's Mm -hmm. just the fucking inner like personal dynamics the everything else that's like ugh. Uh, let me ask you a question, man. I don't know how your Westerosi geography is, which, by the way, I got obsessed with that map the other day. I found like a world map and I was like, yeah. oh my God, this makes way more sense. Like, you mm. start to fucking feel it like be a real place. 
But what is the next? Uh, it's Winterfell, isn't it? Isn't it Last Earth and just Winterfell? I don't think there's anything else. There's really nothing else in between those two places because it's like the Wall, then the Last Earth, then Winterfell is like the next major location. And I think they say that, right? Like yeah. maybe if we like we can beat them there on horses or something like that. Right. Oh. Even though they've yeah. got a dragon. Yeah. And horses. <laughs> well, they can. <laughs> Which, God damn it, Max. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to the last scene, which is our boy. It's our boy, Jamie, who, again, I love Jamie. Boy. Fresh off of uh, saying, basically, fuck Cersei, right? Yeah. Like, which and is he, the, like, he gets to the north. And you're like, well, hey. that might be the last like really solid character moment they gave us, which was when, for a minute. Oh, in season like seven? Mountain, yeah, when the mountain might kill Jamie, and he's just like, like I don't even remember oh. what he says. It's just that look, just like, really? Like, you'd fucking right. do this? Like. Which Ugh. apparently Cersei and the Mountain have like a psychic connection where she tells him to either kill or not kill somebody. Um, whatever. Wait, is this like established? No, I'm saying like in, oh, okay. <laughs> in the show at least, there are so many moments where like the Mountain will like move in front of somebody and they'll like look at them and then look at Cersei and Cersei will not do anything. The Mountain will be like, all right. All right. And it's like, how does he know? Are you fucking psychic zombie? Whatever. Not the point. Just season seven did give us a final Jamie moment. That's one of my favorite moments in yeah, season no, seven. Just when really he's wonderful. riding out and like the snow starts falling. And yeah, even gets in winter, all overcast. Even, even in King's Landed, man. Yeah, and it's like, here. that's good. Um, but he finally gets to to Winterfell to the north. You can see the castle in the background, and it's like fucker isn't in the north for more than thirty seconds before he gets clocked by Bran. <laughs> He thought he was going to be like, I grew a little beard. No one's going to recognize yeah. me at all. Fuck! Like, day <laughs> one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you know what? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, he remembers what you did. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't, like, he's not a human yeah. anymore. I don't like, think he doesn't any... care. Yeah, the dead no are marching on Winterfell. Like, what? why is he waiting for Jan? Well, I guess we'll find out. Well, I, I th you know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Corey made an observation. He's like, I think that's a metaphor for like how everyone's going to be giving Jamie the eyes now because he's still mm. technically loyal to the Lannisters as far as they know, last they heard. Right. And, and not to mention, just last season, he fucking went to try to kill Danny on the battlefield. Not to mention the fact that he is the Kingslayer. <laughs> like, there's going to be some issues here. He's okay? got a lot going against him, to be fair, you know? But hey, old Tyrion. He's still right. there. You yeah. can vouch for him. I that's listen. If they fuck that up next week, I'm gonna be so mad because if nothing else, I did feel like at least they kind of got the brother thing right. Oh, not even really. Thinking about the crip scene from last season where Bron yeah. got him, that wasn't the best. But no, I hope that they can do it because those those characters from the beginning, you've always felt that even though Jamie Lannister is a total douchebag, he always loved his brother, and now that yeah. he's not a total douchebag, I need to still feel that kind of you know yeah. confliction or whatever. So we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Overall, like I said, I know, I know we sounded way more negative about it than, than the seven mm. out of 10 that I gave it, but you know, it, it's a table setting episode. It has a very difficult job. And as you said, it's something we had to get out of the way. So mm. now that it's out of the way, we can judge the rest of the season accordingly. Right. And you know? now that it's out of the way, we better not get more episodes of this. It better be like, you know, plot movement and shit going down. And like, you know, I want to feel at least something before the end of this show. I really hope it gets us there. Um, but yeah, I'd give it like a six out of 10. I didn't hate it. Um, it might be made better in retrospect after this. It might be made worse. It might stay the same. I don't know. We'll see, we'll, man. We'll see. I, I, I will say this. Like, it was, I, was, I felt happier when the credits played than I did watching the episode, which is not great. But again, you know, it, here, here's the, the burden of expectations is another thing. I kind of want to leave us with that, which is like, listen, at some point, I know this just from my own creative process, writing my comic, getting to the end, you start to make decisions and you're like, 
well, that sets this in stone. Like I really can't change this after a while. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that at some point your options narrow and I understand that sometimes it gets really difficult. And we've already said it, like, I'm not saying we could do better. It's much easier to be a Monday morning quarterback and to pick out everything the person did wrong. You know? Yeah. Um, I just, I want to one more time feel like that, that joy of watching game of Thrones where I'm smiling at the screen and I don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, And it's always, it doesn't do it any favors having rewatched in detail, like the first four seasons straight very recently. Yeah, man. So, I mean, look, that, that's our first episode review and you know, just try to listen to us. I'm not saying we're right. Everyone can have their own opinions about shit. This is how we feel about it. And if you have dissenting opinion, that's totally fine. Like, let us know. Hit yeah. us up, all right? A little fire burning. You just yell at us on the page. I'm all Please about do. It, but-, but, but know that all of our opinions are rooted in a genuine love for this series and the source material and the show. So like, whatever like negative shit we fan, say. Max. You're not a fan oh. if you didn't like this. Like, go fuck yourself. Shit, if you fuck say so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll, we'll drop that one on, like probably on a Sunday or Monday. We'll, we'll figure out a time to record for that. But yeah. Um, yeah, dude, listen, we'll be back to do episode two. I actually think this went swimmingly, Mr. McCarthy. Yeah. I I agree. I agree, Mr. Torres. Well, with that, we will see you next week.